Welcome to the Sunset Community Church podcast. You're listening to sermon audio from our Sunday morning services. For more information about Sunset Community Church, visit us online at sunsetcommunity.church. Amen. All right. We are ready. Amen. Is God good? And all the time, God is good, right? What happens when God places us in a broken city full of chaos? What happens when God places us in a broken city full of chaos? That's what I want to kind of talk about today. How God has placed his people into broken cities full of chaos. See, this week, I got a chance to gather at a meeting uh, for work, and it was a meeting, uh, uh, a safety meeting, right? And there was this individual that was uh, presenting something about what happened in Turkey, right? What happened in Turkey, the earthquake, right? And through this piece of showing uh, these, these slides and different things, he actually started off the uh, presentation by saying how blessed we are. And that just caught my attention immediately because I was like, who is this guy talking about blessed? And I work for the city of Seattle, right? Bold. But it wasn't just that he said that we are blessed. And the reason why he said that is because they were able to go to Turkey and figure out what happened with um, all the buildings out there that all collapsed. And what he um, ended up finding out is that they built these buildings years ago, but it wasn't structurally sound for an earthquake. And I begin to ponder on that. Next, he put up a quote that says that in Ecclesiastes, it talks about how, how we can learn from what has come behind us. How we can learn from what comes behind us. And I begin to think about my own life as I begin to think about these buildings collapsing. And I just begin to ask myself the question, what am I built on? The worship team said, who is God? Who is Christ? What are you built on? Matthew 7, 24 says that anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. So God has set the way for us to be built on his word. But what we finna look at in Jeremiah 29 is we finna look at what happens when his people turn their back to that very word. Turn with me to the book of Jeremiah 29. The people and the land were under great spiritual and political turmoil. 
they have lost their way. Jeremiah 2, if you're taking notes, you can go back and read this because I didn't make a slide for this. But Jeremiah 2, verses 13 and 14 says that my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns. That can, that can tell a tale of where we're at right now. Broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So they built their own cisterns and they can't even hold water to provide for their need. So they were carried to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. Babylon, who broke into Jerusalem, destroyed the city and took the people captive. Due to them straying away from what God has put forth, they are now living in captive. Could we all stand to our feet real quick so we can read this verse together? Maybe hard to see that. But let's read this together. On account of three, one, two, three. You may have your seat. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I'm grateful, Lord, that we can look at your text and see who you are. But then also, Lord, we can look at your text to glean and see our state up in, within the text, too. So, Father, today, Lord, may you help me to decrease so that you may increase. Let it not be I, but you. And may you soften up our hearts so that we may be forever changed. In Jesus' name, and the saints all say, amen, amen. amen. The title of today's message is God's Grace for the Exile. So what happens when God places us in chaos? We're finna find out. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So the people of God are now in Babylon. And what has happened is there have been uh, uh, different things being said by uh, false prophets saying something that is counter of what God has put forth. 
And the Lord shows up because he's not a God of confusion. He wants to set his people straight. So he sends them this letter in Babylon. And he addresses them by bringing them to a place of recognizing that he is the Lord Almighty. El Shaddai. He is addressing the people, bringing them to a place so that they may remember who he is. Because in the chapters before, he made a case that I believe it was about that the people have forgot who he was. Instead of him being the God, God, people have made themselves God and they started to live according to their own ways. This is what the Lord Almighty has said. The God of Israel. Israel. I have carried you into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So they find themselves in captivity, brought to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, and God is stepping on the scene to set that straight. To set, it is not Nebuchadnezzar who have brought you here, but it is I. I. Why did he bring them there? Because God is a God that is true to who he is. See, because he said in his word that if you do well by me, I will continue to bless you. But if you don't, I will send you in captivity. See, I love when God blessed me for doing right. But how many of us love God when he blesses us for doing wrong? Because it is a blessing, which we're going to get to that. So he sent them to Babylon to bring his people back to where they need to be. Peep what it says in Jeremiah 24, 4:10. This is why I know that this was grace. Because in Jeremiah 24, I'm just going to paraphrase it actually. He said that there is two types of figs. He says there is a people that are left in Jerusalem which is one fig, and he called these figs the bad fig. And he says, this is what I'm going to get ready to do to them. He says, I will make them an object of horror and a symbol of evil to every nation on earth. I will treat them like bad figs to rotten to eat. So those who didn't come to captivity when God has placed them in captivity, those will rot in Jerusalem. But he says, for those who are in Babylon, this is what I will do for you. He says, I will watch over and care for them, and I will bring them back here again. I will build them up and not tear them down. See, it's not like the good figs were in their right foot with God because they was all twisted. But God, in his grace... Stepped in 
and brought some of his people to Babylon so he can love on them. So he can love on them. He carried them, carried them into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. He carried them from a place of beauty, which supposed to be in what Jerusalem was, into Babylon, which is a place of confusion, a place of evil, evil all around them. To be exiled. But this is what he told the people. What happens when God places us in the midst of chaos? He told them to build houses and settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. To build houses and settle down. Again, one of the words that came through by a false prophet was that um, um, Jerusalem was only going to be in Babylon for a little bit of time. But God said, no, you're going to actually be there for 70 years. 70 years God had them there to build houses, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. To marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in numbers there. Do not decrease. Wow. So he placed them in Babylon and he's telling them to build houses and plant. To settle down. You mean, God, you want me to settle down and build houses and plant crops when I just left Jerusalem and the same people just burnt the whole city down? Yes. Yes. To marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. The mandate still is the same as an exile in Babylon, excuse me. From the beginning, God said what? Be fruitful and multiply? He said, so in the midst of this, I still need you to be fruitful and multiply. That's a hard thing to do in the midst of this chaos, increase in number there, do not decrease. See, I don't know about you, but when I'm in a time of, 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 of pain and suffering, I don't think that this is a time for me to increase. I don't think that this is a time for me to have the abundance But it's only like that because what I end up doing is I'm just a man that is just relying on self. So the big picture here, which we're going to see more of it, what God is getting ready to tell them is now I need you to put your faith back 
in me. Back in me. Again, it said in Jeremiah that they built their own cisterns. Hmm. That is a tough thing, Lord, for me and maybe for you. But, Lord, relying on you is tough. Because, Lord, I want it now. Because, Lord, I want it my way. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. One generation, two generations, three generations, they're finna be there for a minute. Seventy years. But the beautiful thing that I see here is God is a God that not only worry about the now, he has the future in mind too. He has your future in mind. Peep this verse. Also seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Mm. I'm not going to lie. If God told me to, like, marry, build houses, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. But to seek the peace and the prosperity of the ones who took you captive, What is that? What is that? Also, seek the peace. To seek, to search out by any method the peace of the city, the shalom of the city, the order of the kingdom. Seek it for the city. I was at a uh, workshop this week, and the gentleman said this, and he says that God has saved us so that we can make God's name known, but then he also said to make God's love shown. That stuck with me. To seek the peace of the city. To make sure that everyone around there is safe. Well, the city. The city, the neighbor, the city. When I looked up this word city, it says that it was a small, unwalled hamlet to a large, walled city. From those who is living in the hamlet to those who are living in the big, walled city. Those who are poor, 
those who are rich. Seek the shalom of those. From those who are in the pit, from those who are in the palace. So, Lord, how are we to do this? He says, pray to the Lord for it. For if it prosper, you too will prosper. See, so God has given them this mandate of how we are to walk and live amongst the chaos of Babylon. But he didn't leave it up to them just to try to figure it out. He said, pray to the Lord. This word Lord is Adoniah, which means that pray to the Lord who has a covenant with the people. Which means that the covenant is with God which means the weight is with God. I can imagine for these folks, they heard this call to build, to plant, to seek the peace. What is their role? Their role is to trust the word that was went forth. See, again, before he brought them to Babylon in Jeremiah, they begin to trust their own selves. So God, keeping his remnant, moved them to Babylon so he can bring them back to him. Grace grace. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it's prospers, you too will prosper. For if the city prosper, I will prosper. This is counter my thinking. If you're like me, I know you probably think that your you prospering is all about you and your household. But here God is saying, no, if you want to prosper, worry about those around you. That's what I have called you to. Us Christians like to live in our bubbles. Our bubbles. One of my, uh, the lead person, uh, our executive director for the Office of Arts, because sometimes, you know, uh, for me personally, you know, I don't know about y'all, y'all may hear it a lot, but we hear the word privilege, right? But every meeting, she starts to, she starts the meeting off by this. She says, you all work for the Seattle, uh, city of Seattle, you make good money. I need you to use your privilege for others because our duty here is to serve others. 
how are we using our privilege? Because that, as Christians, I hope you really do believe that you are privileged. See, in the midst of this city, God is calling them to rise. A privilege. You mean when I'm in my law that I can still rise? Yes. Their well-being is connected to mine's. To seek the peace of the city. What's our mission here? Oh, hold on, Andrew. <laughs> Anybody else? Love God. This came alive to me when I seen that. Because that's the very thing that God has placed before us. And I don't want to put, make this so weighty for us because I want us to recognize all God is calling us to is to really just trust what he says. This is not a work-based thing, even though seeking can be difficult. And all he's telling us is that this is my heart. I need you to get back to me. To come back to me. Through scripture, Jesus has demonstrated this. Scripture has demonstrated this numerous times. But God himself stepped down from his To come down to us. To seek the peace. To seek and save the lost. And he did this not in a way that people may thought he should have did it. But he did it through his suffering. His suffering. But the key piece for his suffering, it says that he looked forward to the glory that was before him. So the suffering, it had, it was small, worth what God had before him. So our suffering, it only lasts for a minute. But we get to live in the glory for a lifetime. Father, help us. So this call was given to the people of Israel, and I want to end with this verse in the New Testament. For those who may say that this was something of the old, this is not underneath the new covenant. It says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Mm. Which wage war against your soul. 
Andrew just talked about that. That wage war against our soul. Live such good lives among the pagans, among Babylon, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Peter speaking to the scattered church. Live as exiles. Not of this world, but in this world. What are you building your life on? What are you building your kid's life on? Generations. Generations. Are we building it on the word of God? Or are we building cisterns that can't hold water? See, in here, the prophets were saying all kind of false things. And today, the prophets of these days are giving us false hope. The prophets, not only the false prophets that stand within the church, but even the false prophets that we listen to on our social media. Those people who are called influencers. Are they telling you to go back to the word? If not, don't listen to it. See, in verse 8, I almost added it, but it talked about how the prophets of those days were, they were speaking things that the people wanted to hear. And Timothy speaks of that. In the last days, people will get them people Bring them people before us to scratch their ears and make them say, the people who say the same thing that they want to hear. Like I said, the people of God were in a spiritual, dark place. But God stepped on a scene. And many of us may find ourselves in a tough space. Just as God stepped in, this word carried actually means that he jumped into their place and carried them. And that's what we see Jesus coming into our space. 
So if you find yourself in that space, I'm responding. I'm saying in faith that God is ready to step in and bring you back to the truth. Do you know that it grieves God's heart to see us walk in foolishness? This is the God we serve. Not a God that is waiting to just put the hammer down on us, but no, who grieves for us. Jesus said that he looked over the city and he weeped because the people were sheep without a shepherd. So if it is you, know that God is for you and he's ready to bring you back. We can bring up the team because I'm getting ready to close. You know, as I prepared this message, I was talking to one of my brothers and he said, man, uh, do you like doing this? And I actually said, no. Could you believe that? But I said, Lord, why is that a no? And what God began to reveal to me, it's not that I don't like to do it. I hate that I have to trust him and lean him to get what he, what he wants. The condition of the state of where I am. And I'm wondering, is it because of our faith that we're not walking in what God has called me? called you to I want to say yes so today we play the music come back come back come back let us not continue to live a life building our own Father God, Father God, he gives grace for the exiles. For those who don't make this their home, he gives grace. There is favor. There is favor waiting for you. There is favor waiting for you. There is favor waiting for you. But we're not living in the favor of God because we're busy making this our home. Father God, have your way, Lord. Lord, teach us to love this city. Teach us to love this city. If love is not in us, then God is not in us. Ah, Lord, we say we want more of you, but do we want to love, Lord? Father, have your way in us, Lord. Jesus, oh Jesus, the word itself. Thank you, Lord. Can we just get some thank yous around the room? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
in Matthew, it says that he will build his church. And we are to be a people that says, thank you. Oh, thank you. The Christian walk is just being a, a, a walk of being thankful. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Re remove us from the sidelines. Remove us from the sideline. Remove us from the sideline. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to sermon audio from Sunset Community Church. Sunset Community Church is located in Renton, Washington. For more information, visit our website at sunsetcommunity.church.